Welcome to the Aurora Cornerstone Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. We hope today's message is an encouragement to you. Well, good morning. And it's great to be here together. Welcome those uh, part of our Cornerstone family. We welcome our TC family. And all those who are visiting with us today, again, we're glad that you can be here. I just want to make mention of a couple things. I don't know how many were able to join in the Rise Up Canada initiative yesterday. Uh, I assume you didn't go all the way to Ottawa. Neither did I. But I did go online. I went online for the six hours of prayer and fasting for our nation in Canada. Uh, There were some great times of prayer as we agreed together in prayer. It was live streamed again. It was a live event from the Bethel Pentecostal Church in Ottawa. But it was a tremendous uh, testimony that God wants to do a great thing in this nation. It's not over. It's not over. And we need to believe in that. It's not over. That there... God's plans are still for the nation of Canada, and Canada has had some strategic moments historically in this nation for God doing great and wonderful things. Uh, We were talking, went back into the 1800s, where uh, one of the greatest world revivals in the late 1800s was initiated from Canada, and there were just a, a tremendous sense that this nation would continue to be a hub or would a lamp for God. So, um... Uh, Listen, my expectations just rose up. Part of that was, Lori made mention of the prayer lamps, and I wanted to just take a moment because she mentioned that at 12 o'clock on Wednesdays, the reason we did 12 o'clock is that coattails on the back of our ladies' Wednesday morning meeting, but at 12 o'clock it allows any men who apparently you're going to feel awkward if you come at 10 o'clock to be with the ladies, but you won't feel awkward if you come at 12 o'clock. Maybe you're coming to pick your wives up, or maybe you could just come for 12 o'clock for about 15 to 30 minutes of prayer. Prayer matters. Prayer is when we align ourselves with heaven's plans. And God has chosen to partner with us to see his kingdom, as in that prayer, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is. And so we join up, Prayer is when I give heavenly license for earthly interference. And so when I begin to pray, I am joining with something to give license to interfere with the affairs of men. God has chosen to work that way. We say he's going to do what he's going to do. That's not true. He is God. He is sovereign. But he's chosen within his sovereignty to work in cooperation when we agree together when we grab his heart and begin to believe together so that's why we need to pray and we really feel this when it comes to our children and our youth Lori and I have been working for the last half year uh, with the youth it's been a privilege and we realize there's a lot of stuff going on that we need to pray for and there's a lot of stuff going on with our kids ministry going on even you know with these young children's lives we need to pray for and yes I know the parents are praying and we might be praying for our families I know Lori and I certainly are, but I want to pray for my church family too. I want you to pray for our church family. Our kids need prayer. Anybody want to say amen? The kids really need prayer, and we can do that. And you know what happens when I begin to pour out my heart and begin to pray with what I know for our children, God begins to not only work in their hearts, but we begin to see some answers to those prayers that are staggering. 
And so this is really where lamp prayer lamps come in. We want to become the prayer lamps for the younger generation. So that we are taking prayer requests from our children. They'll be doing that this morning. And on Thursdays, prayer requests from our youth. We'll be doing that throughout the weeks. And we're believing God as we take those prayer requests. We're going to present those to the prayer lamps 12 o'clock Wednesday. Whoever comes, it's not going to be Zoom. It's not going to be live stream. It's just going to be in the cafe there. Whoever comes at 12 o'clock, they're going to have those prayer requests, and we're going to go before God and pray for those things. It matters. It matters. And I know that, uh, boy, if I was a parent and I had, I had young kids or teenagers, I would be saying, thank you, thank you for holding my family up in prayer. And we want to do that every time. So moms and dads, if you have children and youth, please let us know. You know, you don't have to divulge the deepest secrets of what's going on, but if there's something coming up, if there's, you know, a problem, if there's a challenge that they are facing, let us know to pray for them. And we just pray for their first name, and it's just it's kept within that confines. Uh, so thank you for that. Uh, so we do need to make mention of that. Um, and there was one other thing. Yes, the offering. I'll talk. Um, I'm having a 60-something moment. Oh, well, when I sit down, it'll come back. It was the whole reason I wanted to say something. Um, I'm, I'll go to the offering, though. So we're not going to do the offering right now. We're going to be receiving the offering at the end of the service. Uh, we want at Teen Challenge to uh, come and to present uh, who they are. Some of you know Teen Challenge. Some of you are not familiar with Teen Challenge Ministries. Cornerstone Church has been a supporter for a number of years. Uh, we kind of consider them... Um, our family, an extension of our family. Of course, every church they go to considers them their family too. So they have a really big family. But we consider that because they were literally seven minutes from us. Uh, if, I, if I remember, I've timed it. And uh, on a good day, seven minutes to get to the farm. Uh, they've been apart. They joined us once in a while. We get the privilege of having some water baptisms with them. And it has been a joy uh, to get to know them. So we're going to receive the offering at the end if you want to give something towards them, you can do that. You should have received when you came in the journey. And if not, we can get that to you. It'll be available at the table on the way out. It will be, uh, you can stop by, I was going to say it's going to be manned, but it won't be manned, it'll be womaned, uh, at the table on the way out, and you can receive information. If you want to give to Teen Challenge and you're part of the Cornerstone Church, you can just give through Cornerstone. Uh, again, just earmark it, Teen Challenge, and it will go to Teen Challenge. We bring in the choir. We try to. We haven't had the choir for years, but we try to do this about once a year just to give us a flavor. We hear some testimonies. Uh, they got some wonderful voices. They exalt the Lord in their very lives, and so we rejoice in that. So um, uh, would you just express a, a, a appreciation for Teen Challenge? Would you just express that together? Thank you. We bless you guys. We bless you. And we're going to start off with the video clip. The worst part of addiction is not addiction. It's what it steals from you. It steals joy, dignity, health, purpose, family, relationships, but worst of all, addiction steals hope. Hopelessness is what Teen Challenge is truly fighting because hopelessness is not true. Once an addict is not always an addict. At Teen Challenge, we know that there are those trapped by addiction in every community across Canada from every walk of life. 
through our 12-month faith-based in-residence program, we have helped prove that the past decisions do not dictate the future. We believe that there is always hope after addiction and we are committed to walking alongside those in need to find it. But it doesn't stop there. Teen Challenge Canada is dedicated to helping those not only caught in addiction, but their families and communities. At our nine centers across Canada, we are dedicated to rebuilding lives by investing in people, one person, one day, one choice at a time. Helping men and women face their past and find new life free from addictions that not only transforms themselves, but everyone around them. Teen Challenge, helping men and women overcome substance addiction to lead full and productive lives every day. It is so great to be home with family this morning. And wow, what joy is in this place today. From the moment we walked through the doors and we could hear the worship team practicing, wow, we are so blessed today to be in the presence of the Lord. And um, I just wanted to reiterate what Pastor Wayne was saying about the power of prayer. Prayer changes things. And you are blessed to be in a church where you really, truly value the power of prayer. We thank you for that. For those of you who don't know where we are, as Pastor Wayne said, we're about seven minutes away from you. Very close over in Snowball. Does anybody know where Snowball is? Yeah, we are located on about 80 acres just outside of Aurora. And often on a Sunday morning, we get up very early and have to travel an hour or more before we sing. So this is a real treat for us to be seven minutes from home today. Teen Challenge was founded just over 60 years ago by Pastor David Wilkerson, who was called by God from his little country church in Pennsylvania to help gang members in New York City find acceptance in Jesus. The book, The Cross and the Switchblade, is the powerful story of how God used Pastor David to start the Teen Challenge ministry. From this one man's obedience in prayer, we now have over 1,400 centers worldwide, offering homes where individuals are welcomed, surrounded by love, and given the opportunity to start a brand new life. At Teen Challenge, we understand that there is a world around us to make a difference in. Jesus came to seek and save the lost, and he calls us to do the same thing. It's our desire to help as many as possible find freedom in sobriety and ultimately freedom in Christ. Today, we're here to talk about addiction and the need for addiction recovery locally and across our country. You will hear stories from women who have made the brave choice to face their past and do the hard work of recovery. So, how is substance abuse and addiction affecting Canadians? Here are a few staggering statistics. The Canadian Mental Health Association reports that nearly 6 million Canadians will meet the criteria for addiction in their lifetime. 
the cost of substance abuse in our country in 2020 was reported to be $46 billion. And addiction touches the lives of most people, either directly or indirectly. Maybe you're wondering what happens in someone's life that leads them down the path of addiction. People who experience six or more traumatic childhood experiences are 46 times more likely to abuse substances. The reality is that sometimes those childhood traumas can be points of trauma that affect them into adulthood. Anxiety, stress, and fear all become the foundation for unhealthy coping and numbing of pain through drugs and alcohol. And addiction does not discriminate. It affects men and women of all ages and from all walks of life. Teen Challenge offers a 12-month faith-based in-residence drug and alcohol recovery program for men and women who are 18 years and older. Our students commit to a year living together in community as they work through their difficult paths and hurts. Throughout the year of their program, our students learn about themselves and the Word of God. They learn healthy routines and practical life skills that will transfer to successful, sober living after they complete the program. But our program doesn't end there. We provide aftercare resources, critical support after graduation. And for those who wish to further deepen their recovery, there are opportunities for our students to spend an additional six to 24 months working alongside staff at our centers. That is up to three years with Teen Challenge investing in an individual's recovery. As you might expect, this program can be hard. However, powerful victories and lifelong friendships take place here. I have worked at Teen Challenge for 14 years now. And during that time, I've had the privilege of meeting some of the most courageous women I have ever known in my life. These women are investing a year of their life so that they can find freedom and go home to be the wife, mother, daughter, sister, or friend that the Lord created them to be. Our mission is to help men and women overcome addiction and go on to lead full and productive lives. When this change happens, the burden and cost of addiction to society reverses. Our graduates become contributing members of their communities, and many times they become beacons of hope for others who are struggling. Their recovery journeys are living testimonies that it is possible to live a full and productive life just as Christ intended. We believe that it is faith that transforms and that Jesus is the change agent. There is hope, and his name is Jesus. Second Corinthians 5.17 tells us, if anyone is in Christ, he or she is a new creation. The old is gone. Behold, the new has come. In just a moment, our choir will come to sing. You will see a drama presentation we call Cardboard Testimonies, and you will hear testimonies from two ladies that are currently in our program. We would love for you to sing along with us as you see the words displayed on the screen. 
And our prayer today is that you are blessed and encouraged as you witness God's miraculous power at work in the lives of these women. Thank you. Maureen, come on up.
Maureen. I grew up in a household with my parents and five siblings. I was born and raised in the UK as my parents had migrated from the Caribbean in the early 1960s. Ours was a Christian home and our lives revolved around our church community. I came to know Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior at an early age. However, I realized that I was expected to be as perfect as possible to everyone that was watching our family. So my parents would be seen in a good light. Other families saw us as the ideal Christian family. My church family loved to watch and hear me and I loved the attention it brought me. It was like a performance and my parents were pleased. Still, I knew Jesus was my savior. I felt conviction in the playground when I did something wrong. Also, whenever I felt overwhelmed, I would ask the Holy Spirit to help me, and he did. During my teenage years, I became disillusioned when I realized I was failing miserably at being the perfect Christian. My performance wasn't cutting it, and God was not giving me the good feelings I felt I should be receiving. At a church camp outing, I asked God to show me a sign that he was real and that he loved me, but he did not. This was just the excuse I was looking for. I thought, God doesn't really care about me because I'm not perfect. It seemed to me that he was strict and angry and certainly not the father he claimed to be. Our dad had left us, shattering our seemingly perfect family image. My, fam my father had been abusing my mom and us children for many years. At times, I literally feared for my life. But my mom was devastated and depressed for a long time. I decided to leave home. I sought love and affection, but did not find it. Instead, I was left feeling unloved and even worse, unworthy and shamed. I met my husband in my mid-twenties and he became my source of love, joy, and fulfillment. The poor man did not stand a chance. I had placed him on God's throne. Satan lost no time in attacking our marriage. He was going to do all he could to kill, steal, and destroy. Unresolved issues began to reveal themselves. Both of us had brought extra baggage into our relationship, and we were bursting at the seams. We had trouble conceiving, but finally, after some time, I became pregnant. Tragically, my baby did not survive, but I know that she's with Jesus. God in his goodness blessed us with two beautiful daughters, and today I am a grandmother. Our marriage, however, was deteriorating. We were both shift workers, a police sergeant and an RN. We were like two ships passing in the night. I started drinking to deal with our unresolved issues and my loneliness. By the time our children had grown up, I was drinking heavily. I knew God was with me, but I couldn't relate to him as my father. The Holy Spirit was continually wooing me, and I was constantly reminded of Psalm 94, 18. 
When I said my foot was slipping, your unfailing love, Lord, supported me. My family had become increasingly concerned and eventually arranged an intervention. I was not pleased, but deep down I knew they loved me and were affected by my drinking. I entered Teen Challenge on November 14, 2022. Praise the Lord. And have begun my journey of sobriety. My thoughts are so much clearer and I feel increasingly lighter. But most importantly, the Lord is revealing himself to me so intimately. Through his word, time spent in prayer, and the encouragement of my sisters and staff, God, my Father, is doing a new thing in my life. He is healing me. He's loving me, redeeming me for his purposes. Psalm 73, 28 says, But as for me, it is good to be near God. I have made the sovereign Lord my refuge. I will tell of all your deeds. God has also been redeeming our marriage, and I praise him as we have celebrated our 35th anniversary in August of this year. <laughs> praise the Lord. For so long, I had allowed my feelings to dictate who I was. I considered myself a failure as a daughter, wife, and mother, and as a child of God. I have been reassured at Teen Challenge that feelings are indicators, they're not dictators. I am replacing the lies of the enemy with the truth of God's word. 2 Timothy 1.7, for the spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. My endeavor, thank you, praise the Lord. My endeavor as I reroute is to leave a godly legacy for my children and grandchildren as I live the life God my Father has always intended for me.
King Solomon once famously wrote, Fear God and his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. For God will bring every deed into judgment, including every hidden thing, whether it is good or evil. Such wisdom and understanding are embodied in how I live my life today and every day going forward. However, such was not always the case. Good morning, my name is Lindsay. I grew up in a very loving home with two older sisters. At a very young age, I remember attending Sunday school with my sisters until my parents purchased a cottage. Our new cottage life soon took priority, and we stopped attending church on Sundays. Other than saying grace at dinner time, God became a foreign concept. While my home life was a happy place, I was teased badly in elementary school by the other kids. This caused me to have great insecurities that grew steadily throughout my teenage years. It was in high school that I started experimenting with alcohol, which soon became my new best friend. With the alcohol, I was able to mask all of my insecurities and somehow function, or so I thought, as a normal teenager. My drinking carried over into my 20s as I started my university career. The beginning of my university schooling, I worked full-time and went to school full-time, all the while drinking heavily. I managed to convince myself and others that my drinking was normal as I grew farther and farther away from God. I had actually taken the stance of an atheist, believing the Darwinian theory over God. Many of my courses aided in this shift, and sadly, I believed that there wasn't a God at all. Thankfully, God works in mysterious ways, and the time would come where I would be proven very wrong. Finally, finishing university, my party lifestyle went into full swing. At that time, I had no other interest other than getting drunk. This detrimental lifestyle continued for many years. At the age of 30, my best friend staged an intervention, and I found myself in detox for the first time. Once completed, I was sent to live with my parents up north. At that time, I enrolled in college and busied myself with schooling. It was a very lonely time and angry time for me as I lived with my parents, went to school, and went to AA meetings daily. Having stayed clean for several years, my parents left me in charge of their home while they went away for March break. The day before they were to return home, I made the very bad decision to buy a bottle of vodka and drink. When my parents came home, they were heartbroken and asked me to leave their home. I went to stay with a girl I had known from AA who was no longer sober. This is where I met my ex-boyfriend and was introduced to crack cocaine. This was an extremely abusive relationship in every way possible, and within a year I had found myself homeless, living in a tent off the 400 highway for over a year. 
My drug use escalated again as I tried to mask the shame I felt for where I was in life at the age of 36. I was mortified. Within a year, I found myself alone as my boyfriend was sent to jail for assaulting me and holding me hostage in our new apartment. I was scared and alone and now submerged in a world of drugs I was not accustomed to. Within a few months, my new so-called friends had used me and turned my home into a drug house, and I was evicted. I wish I had heard the words of 1 Peter 5.8, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. And I can tell you that the evil one did not pass me by. He seemed to be devouring my whole life. Over the next few years, I continued to make one horrible decision after another. While I had managed to find myself an apartment that I loved, I made the bad decision of getting back with my ex-boyfriend again. Somehow he managed to convince me that he was the only one I could trust, and sadly, I believed him. It was around this time when I found myself in a very spiritually dark place. This dark world included people where horrible things took place. It was also around this time when I started to notice negative spiritual activity around me and in my home. I witnessed several demonic situations that made me literally petrified to be in my apartment at night. So for months, I would walk around the city in minus 30 weather until the sun came up. I became so afraid of the things that were happening and the things I had seen that my drug use escalated. I started injecting cocaine, crystal meth, and fentanyl to numb the pain. Anything I could get my hands on, I would use. I felt myself slowly slipping away into a darkness I wouldn't wish on my worst enemy. One night, I remembered that my aunt and uncle had gifted me a Bible nearly 20 years earlier. I called up my mom late one night and asked if she still had my Bible. She said she did and would bring it over to me right away. When I got that Bible into my hands and went inside my apartment, something felt different. I remember sitting down on the couch and opening my Bible. Instantly, I fell asleep, something I hadn't been able to do for months. When I woke up, I knew there was a God. I began to read my Bible and memorize Psalms. When I found myself in times of deep trouble, I would recite Psalms and other scripture out loud to keep me safe. Psalms 70 and Luke 10:19 were especially dear to me because they assured me that God fights for me. I continued to use heavily, which I believe opened the door to the enemy even wider, and I began noticing increased demonic activity surrounding me. All of this, coupled with overdose after overdose, left me living a shell of a life. I was petrified I was going to die and knew that if I didn't do something fast, death would most certainly be my fate. One of my favorite and most meaningful scriptures comes from Isaiah 54, 7, 8, when God says, For a brief moment I abandoned you, but with deep compassion I will bring you back. In surge of anger I hid my face from you for a moment, but with everlasting kindness I will have compassion on you. And compassion on me is exactly what he had. By God's grace, I walked through the doors of Teen Challenge on February 28, 2023. Since en- Thank you. Since entering the program, I've witnessed God's forgiveness and compassion time and again. Along with restoring healthy relationships in my life, God is working miracles in my life too. Three months into my program, I witnessed all of my criminal charges vanish as if they had never existed. But the... Thank you. <laughs> But the greatest gift I've been given is that I don't need to mask my problems and shame in alcohol and drugs when I know God is on my side. Just as he says in Isaiah 41.10, do not fear, for I am with you. One of the most important things I've learned is that the Christian life is a fight against evil forces from without and temptations from within. 
Ephesians 6, 12, 13 says, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, authorities, and powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything, to stand. If we stay true to God through it all, he promises us an end to our suffering, a rest, and a crown. Thank you. nothing by taking the very nature of a servant being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death even death on a cross therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father
Something special is going to happen for you very soon, right? What yes. is it? I'm graduating. When did you come into the program? October 27th, 2022. And, and can you tell us a little bit about your story? A little bit. When I came in, I was broken. Um, didn't know much about God, but he saved me. Praise God. Do you have a favorite memory of your year at Teen Challenge? Is there anything that stands out above the rest? Tough to say. Um, the gala was fun, but uh, my favorite Things there are just all these girls. Your They're sisters. brave, beautiful, and they got a lot of strength. Amen. And this girl has a lot of strength. Praise God. Thank you. As I was sitting listening to Lindsay's testimony, I was thinking the words, amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. Praise you, God. I never tire of hearing the testimonies and stories from these ladies. There is no doubt that their lives, destinies, and destinations have been changed. We know at Teen Challenge that it is vitally important that we're available for all who need help. I'm sure in a congregation this size, there are people here today who know someone that needs help. Please come and see us at the table after, and we'll provide you with some resources to be able to introduce them to Teen Challenge. We never know who God has planned to cross our path, but we're thankful for every single opportunity that he gives us to share Teen Challenge knows that recovery is a lifelong process. The road to sobriety begins with a series of daily choices. Yes, our program is intensive and hard. That's strategic. We are equipping those in our care with the tools to live a life of sobriety. 
As I close, I'd just like to share some ways that you can partner with Teen Challenge. First, I would ask that you pray for us. I do not say that lightly. We truly covet your prayers. As we've been talking about this morning, prayer changes things. And the Teen Challenge ministry was founded on prayer, and it is sustained by prayer. Please pray that our, for our students, for our staff, and for our needs to be met. The second way that you can help us is by partnering with us financially. When you arrive today, you should have received one of our brochures, uh, which Pastor Wayne showed you, which has a brand new and more convenient way to give to our ministry if you're interested. Inside the brochure, <laughs> you'll see a QR code, just like that. And you apparently can use your phone camera with this QR code, and it will take you directly to our secure site where you can donate. I haven't done it yet, but I probably should give it a try. Whether you, are, uh, you give a gift of one time or you join our sponsorship program called The Journey, your support helps make a difference in the lives of those struggling with addiction. If our sponsorship program is of interest to you, please come by the table and we will help you get signed up. Aurora Cornerstone Church has been partnering with Teen Challenge for well over 20 years. When I looked in um, our files, I believe we did an outreach here, not the Women's Center, but the Men's Center in 1998. So be, that was about 10 years before our Women's Center even opened. So you have invited us back year after year after year. And we are just so thankful for you. Not to mention the fact that w this is home to us. We attend here on a regular basis. And we just love this church. And we are very thankful for each and every one of you. So thank you. We couldn't run our program without the support of churches and individuals who give regularly, putting victory over addiction within reach for our students and helping to eliminate the financial barriers for those who need our program. As I was talking with Pastor Wayne this morning, um, something you may or may not have heard before, but it costs about $50,000 for each student to go through our program for the year. And they come in with paying $1,000. So you can see how the need is great um, for partners. And we just thank you for being a partner. You are monthly partners. This church is a monthly partner. So we thank you for that. We truly believe we exist to answer God's call to serve those who are vulnerable. It's been a privilege to be here today. Thank you so much. And we pray the Lord blesses you. Thanks. Thanks for listening to the Aurora Cornerstone podcast. Remember to subscribe. For more information about our church and our ministries, visit auroracornerstone.ca.